All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, we've got my buddy Josh. And just a couple months ago, Josh was a podcast listener. And then he reached out and was like, hey, man, if you're ever up in my neck of the woods, you should hit me up. Well, it turns out he was born and raised not too far from where I was. His family has hunting land right next to where my family hunts. And so I went up there for rifle season this year. We connected and I've got a feeling we're going to have a lot of hunting stories and uh, memories to come because we're going to start hunting together, especially where his family land is. Oh man, it's sweet. So we're going to talk all about that property as well as how he was raised in the outdoors, but didn't really get into hunting until a little later in life. But before we do, I want to remind you guys, uh, my buddy Hunter, he is in a drawing for a five-day bull elk hunt as well as a $25,000 cash prize. So if you wouldn't mind, please hop on biggamehero.com forward slash 2021 forward slash Hunter dash Lashinsky. That's L-E-S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. He is currently in third and this round of voting ends in just under four days. So go help him out. And we're going to hop into this podcast right now. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got my buddy Josh. And Josh and I actually connected um, through the podcast. He reached out. He's like, hey, dude, uh, if you're ever in Eau Claire, hit me up, man. I'm a podcast listener. And I was like, actually, I'm going to be there in a week and a half. And so went went to his family's property, checked out their cabin, hung out with him and a buddy of his for a little while. And, uh, yeah, that's how we got to know each other. So that I think that was probably the first like straight from the podcast friendship that I've made, not just like a guest on the show, but I actually got to come and hang out for a bit. So, uh, Josh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, um, why don't, why don't you start out by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe where you're from, how you got into like outdoor activities, hunting, fishing, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my name's Josh. I'm from uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Um, I've been living here my whole life. Uh, my grandparents have property down in Buffalo County in Wisconsin. We have about, we have a few hundred acres that we hunt and we also have an outfitter down there too for bull season. Um, I didn't really get into hunting probably till I was, probably until I was like a freshman in high school um basketball was kind of my my style uh growing up my my dad always had me playing and I really liked that and then all of a sudden it just kind of switched over and my grandpa's like no you need to you need to come down to the cabin this weekend and hang out because like growing up um every gun season we'd always have all the girls stay at the farm and all the guys would go back to the cabin hang out hunt do all that fun stuff and then uh what we would do is every night, every uh, Saturday night and Sunday night, we'd go back to the cabin and see what they shot, you know, and kind of just go back there and hear their stories, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but then, <laughs> excuse me, but then uh, one day my grandpa was just kind of like, you know, you need to come back here and stay back here. And I was like, all right. So I was probably seventh grade when that happened. And so I stayed back there with him and I just had so much fun listening to all the stories and I'm like, man, I kind of want to have, you know, a few stories of my own like theirs. And, uh, that's just kind of all it hit me at once. Yeah, dude. The, uh, I like the whole culture built around deer season in Wisconsin mm -hmm. because it's so much more than like going and sitting in the woods with a rifle. The, the traditions that happen right before, right after, you know, joining mm -hmm. a big buck pool, throwing 10 bucks in, hoping <laughs> that you shoot the biggest one. Or uh, I, I really miss actually going and taking your deer to the local gas station or check station. Uh, for us, it was a, a corner store, like a couple miles yeah. down the road from where we hunted. And they kind of did away with that because you used to have to check your deer in in person, throw a tag oh, yeah. on it, and now it's all electronic. 
And I'm like, man, I bet you businesses, whether it's a bar or a restaurant, they could make a killing if they just advertise like, hey, mm-hmm. we do a check-in. I know it's not required, but you can come here, show off your deer, hear the stories, look in the truck beds of everybody else. Um, so the tradition, I mean, the fact that you got to grow up with that Wisconsin rifle tradition as well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts growing up. So we would always go every Saturday. Um, someone in our group would always shoot a decent sized buck down there. And uh, they would always be like, all right, who's driving? You know, I'll throw it in the bed of the truck and let's go down to the local watering hole, like in Nelson there. And we'd just be, my grandpa and I would be sitting at the bar and he'd be drinking and I'd have a few Mountain Dews because I was like, 12 at the time <laughs> and uh we just we'd sit there with the deer <coughs> in the back of the truck and then we'd wait for other people to show up and then we'd go out there and my grandpa it's a small town of about 400 people where we are so everybody knows everybody down there so we'd we'd wait till people would pull up and then we'd go outside and you know swap stories on what they saw and how he shot that and how we shot this so that was probably one of the coolest parts of the um growing up there too was just going and seeing everybody but like you said it kind of sucks because you'll have to do everything online now yeah like you don't we don't really leave the cabin now so i mean the cabin's pretty sweet so i wouldn't complain too much about that but, uh, <laughs> that uh yeah. how long has your family had that land because i mean i know you said they've got a farm <laughs> right down the street from it you guys actually turned what was it a grain shed into a cabin yeah no, Yep, an old granary bin. We restored that into a fully functional cabin, like way back when. But uh, my grandpa, <clears throat> on top of that bluff there, he's on. He's been living there his whole life. My uh, great grandpa has land probably a quarter mile down the road from where that cabin is. Um, so my grandpa grew up there his whole life on about sixty acres, right next to that where our cabin is so then when he was old enough he bought about i think it's about 190 where the cabin is okay and then he bought a few more 100 acres where the home farm is and so i mean we've had family there ever since my great grandpa grew up and my grandpa at the time he's like what acres we're going for is probably like eight nine hundred bucks an acre in buffalo county which is like unheard of at the time Yeah, that's insane yeah, so like my grandpa was buying, just buying everything he could, and he ended up turning that old granary bin into a really nice cabin. And I mean, our outfitter too, he he's helped us quite a bit too with getting refurbishing all that stuff too for my grandpa. So because he's getting up there in age where he doesn't want to deal with that stuff. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, ever since great grandpa was there, so we've kind of had that whole chunk of land ever since he was young. So what, uh, what about like family? Have you, has your whole family kind of gotten into hunting? I know for, for me, a lot of people are like, wait a minute, everybody in your family hunts. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Everybody like my mom, all three of my other sisters at some point hunted. They may not actively, but they all did at one point. Um, my dad, it's just, up there it's like passed down from generation to generation it seems like yeah so my mom was pretty big into hunting when I was um, growing up too she'd always go out here and there but like my grandpa they they had a dairy farm you know they farmed and milk cows all day and you know he was like you know you can't go can't go hunting till the chores are done so my mom would always get their stuff done (laughs) and it's so uh but ever since I was probably sixth or seventh grade, she kind of stopped and was hanging out with the girls at the farm. And, but my dad has been hunting there since he was, I don't know, probably my age, I would assume when my mom and him started dating. But, uh, my wife, I actually just got my wife into, uh, bull hunting. Um, she's, her family's got land in Tilden, Wisconsin, which is like 15 minutes North of where I live. So since I can't bow hunt in Buffalo County right now because of our outfitter and stuff, I don't want to get into that, but, <laughs> but, uh, we, so we go, um, bow hunt quite a bit up on, um, her parents' land and her dad's big into bow hunting too. So that was really nice that they kind of let 
her and I kind of take over that in there. So we have a few hundred acres just until then that her and I bull hunt, which is pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's a little bit farther north than your other hunting property. What What is yep. the difference? Because I know Buffalo County is like world renowned for giant whitetail, but then you can, oh, get, yeah. you can get an hour away from that. And yep. it seems like the deer activity, the average deer size significantly drops off. Yeah. So there's a big, I think there's a big difference. Most like a couple people don't think there is, <coughs> excuse me, but, um, down in Buffalo County, I mean, where I sit, you see probably 10 to 12 a day, you know, not as many as you think you would, but I mean, when you see them, they're, they're corn fed, they're, <laughs> they're big. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But like when you come up here to Tilden, it's, you know, it's more, there's a lot more city around. So there, I mean, I see <clears throat> when I took my wife out probably um, during the rut, the end of the rut, I would say, I took her out just for a few hours at night and uh, we saw probably 25 to 30 deer in about three hours, but there's nothing worth, nothing worth taking for me. But I mean, for her first buck, it would be perfect. But yeah. I mean, where I hunt bull hunt up there, it's kind of like, if you don't shoot it, the neighbor shoots it yeah. <laughs> type deal. And so that's kind of what the um, place is up there like, but it's a, there's a big difference, I think. Yeah. I feel like down in Buffalo County, the collective hunting community as a whole, I mean, they, they understand deer management. They understand age structure, oh, yeah. letting the deer get to a certain size or age <laughs> before shooting them. And so it's cool when you see almost an entire county that buys into a program like that because then you can oh, have yeah. big deer. And but I feel like there just has to be something more to it than that. Maybe it's how good the soil is there because I know it's great soil for growing. Mm. Um, it's got a good mix of row crops, big woods, and then, of course, you've got like the bluff country there that drops down to the oh. Mississippi, Mississippi River. But... I would be curious to see if anybody knows like why it is that that one part of Wisconsin grows so much bigger than everything else. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I mean on our property where um, I hunt from my cabin. So we have a little point we call it and my dad and my grandpa kind of hug one side and then uh, they're too old to walk all the way down to the bottom. And so for me where our logging road is, from the top of that, it probably takes me 20 minutes to get all the way to the, the very bottom of the bluff. And it's, I mean, it's straight downhill. Yeah. And so, so coming up from that bluff, it's, it's probably about a 30 minute walk for me to get up there and I'm just dying. Damn. I got all my gear on, but it's just crazy. Cause when you walk down, there's like a little ravine in, the, in between the two bluffs. So it kind of points and brings it down to a center point and they love, walking in there because they're so secure on both sides of the bluff yeah and then they have their little trails here and there just get all the way up top to the food plots and that's that's pretty much their way of life right there have have you thought about doing like a winch or anything uh down in there in case you like if you were to shoot a deer down there I <laughs> yeah know. i did uh i did last year <clears throat> I, I took a doe last year and i i text my dad i said hey i need your help i can't get this thing out and we ended up it went deep down in the ravine we had to drag it all over these little hills and stuff and get it out to the neighbor's property and then we took the side by side and brought it around otherwise there's no no way of getting that thing out yeah we um where we hunt it's kind of rolling hills all over the place and <laughs> they get pretty steep even though they're not very tall uh they get steep in spots and when you're talking like leaf covered hills it is crappy to drag a deer up and down those things and i was like what we need to do is just have a couple winches that we keep permanently fixed to trees and then just bring right. like a battery out because you can basically hotwire them or hook them up to say a dewalt like 20 volt battery just plug sure. them in yeah. and then just run the winch like winch it up the hill don't have a winch yeah. wherever it's flat and then do it up the next hill also uh, <laughs> yeah that's just me being lazy now i'm like how do I go right. from elk hunting, packing elk out for miles to like complaining about 
dragging a deer across 40 acres. <laughs> yeah. Just to get it to the logging road where you can get the side by side down. <laughs> yeah. What, um, but. so you got into hunting. I mean, you kind of grew up with it, but then really started taking it more seriously. What, what all do you hunt now? Um, yeah, well, I'm kind of still a rookie compared to most people that you have on the show, but, uh, um, I've mostly been just whitetail for the last, like, I really got into it about three years ago where, um, I bow hunt probably every night after work, I climb into my tree and sit for a few hours and we always take off the full nine days for gun. So I've been doing that probably the last three to four years. Um, but then my, uh, brother-in-law, he's gonna, we're going to go out. I just purchased a turkey tags. So we're going to go out and see if we can smoke one of those and then uh, geese hunting too. Nice. So those are the, I'm just starting to get into it. So he's, uh, my brother-in-law is big into turkeys and waterfall hunting. So, uh, him and I have been kind of talking and he said, he's going to bring me out a few times here to get me into it. So I'm pretty excited about that. You're, you're kind of in a hot spot for all wildlife activity in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, you've got great fishing right there on the Mississippi river the waterfowl hunting, uh, one of the spots that I spent a lot of time in the early days of waterfowl hunting for me is probably only 15 to 20 minute drive from where, where your guys' land is there in Buffalo County. Yeah. And then I think the only thing that I wouldn't really know about is Turkey up there. Cause I didn't start Turkey hunting until I moved down to Wisconsin or down to Missouri. We grew up up there and I mean, deer season was a religion turkeys were like eh kind of a waste of time yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah but that's yeah, cool we, that uh, you're getting into a little bit of everything yeah man i'm just starting i'm fresh but i mean i've always wanted to kind of get into it and uh just never really had had the opportunities to but now that i'm kind of seeing how everything works down there it's like i'm starting to get my nose my nose into a few more things which is i'm pretty excited about Oh, it's going to get crazy. It'll get expensive. <laughs> Your wife is going to be oh, like, yeah. all right, no more. <laughs> That's too many. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's already been like that. Cause I was like, well, let's get you a, a bow for you to go sit. So I bought her a crossbow just to kind of even things out. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I know my wife every now and then she'll be like, when is season over? I'm like, oh, I've only got like a week left. She's like, okay. And then two weeks later, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go hunting. She's like, I thought season was over. I'm like, well it is, but now ducks open or now squirrels open or the nice thing is coyote season goes year round. So there's always something to shoot, but yeah, that's always fun. Yeah. What, uh, what about animals like up on the property you were talking about in Tilden? I know as you get to like the North half of the state, uh, there's Mm -hmm. a lot more deer, wolves even moose show up um have you seen any of that yeah so i've actually seen quite a few coyotes um i've also seen uh one wolf and then we have a lot of bear there's a lot more bear starting to pop up in tilden so when i sat probably i think it was my first year bow hunting i saw a coyote and a bear at the same day in a cornfield and it's kind of crazy because during when i was bow hunting we have a guy that we let bear hunt bait right down in the creek bottom and he was hunting he's been baiting and everything the last two months down there and he's been after this big bear and i'm sitting in my tree stand and all of a sudden i see his head stick up above the corn i'm just like i text him i said you got to get up here i'm like this bear is probably 200 yards from me and he's mad because he's about quarter mile away and he's in the wrong spot but it's kind of crazy to go from buffalo county to up north Cause you don't really see that. I mean, there's a few bobcats down in Buffalo County that I've gotten on trail camera. Yep. There's a lot of wolves. Like there are not wolves, coyotes. There's a lot of coyotes you can hear at night. Um, but it's just kind of a different, different style. Once you even two hours North from Buffalo County. Yeah. Yeah. I know growing up right outside of school. I mean, like I went to Memorial high school and I remember one day they came over the speakers and they're like, Hey, we're in a lockdown. And I'm like, what is going on? 
and it wasn't for like a shooter or a security threat. It was because there was a black bear on the front lawn of the school. And so like every, really? yeah, every kid was like up against the glass looking out, yeah. watching. And uh, yeah, there was a bear there. I know they found them in multiple yards. Like in the winter, somebody would go outside and they'd sure. see like a big mound under, under the snow and a bear like just hibernated in their front yard. But uh, it's it, there's almost like a line where there are more bears, or there are still bears in the southern half of the state. But like once you get to the Northwoods, it's a whole different world. You wouldn't even think you're in the same state. Right. Yeah. My uh, few of my buddies have land just north of Hayward, Wisconsin, way up there. That's about it's pretty high up in Wisconsin, and uh, they they don't even they they're like there's no point in me even going up there for deer, deer gun season, because all the wolves and bear get them. He yeah. said they see more wolves up there than they do deer, which is just crazy. Yeah. So we, um, I can't remember. I think it was just a random dude at the gas station. I talked to a couple of years ago and I went back up to Wisconsin for archery season and me and my buddy, we stopped at the gas station and he hunts in Hayward or just outside of Hayward. And he's like, man, it okay. used to be that I would, I'd tag out opening weekend. No big deal. And he's like, for the past couple <laughs> of years, I've been hard pressed to see a deer. And I think one day yeah. he saw like double digit wolves from his tree stand. And I'm like, geez, man. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You, you introduce wolves, like they'll take over and it'll push a lot of the, pre- or a lot of the, um, other animals out so yeah it's crazy the last year i think was the first year they allowed um to actually hunt wolves as predators and they gave out a certain amount of tags and they filled that limit within four or five days of the amount of tags that came out but um there's actually i think a few more shot than tags for giving out yeah but i mean then nobody really said anything but uh, they, it was all over, and I don't know if it's going to happen again this year because there's a lot of controversy on it um, with, like, the whole spiritual side of wolves from up north. There's a lot of native um, land up there, so they've been kind of pressing to not let it happen, so it's kind of going to be a hit or miss this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, I understand that. Wolves are, they fall into that category of, you know, the, the furry animals that people love. And for some reason it always Mm -hmm. seems to be predators, you know, not many people care that you shoot deer, moose or elk, but then once you get into wolves and bear, people throw a fit and I just don't, I don't understand that side of things, but I know that Wisconsin needs to do some serious predator management because now the tri-state area of like upper Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, they have more wolves in that area than the greater Yellowstone ecosystem does, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think you do management, but then you also capitalize on it and have <clears throat> like sightseeing or like viewing opportunities, you turn it into mm-hmm. almost a tourist attraction where there's certain places that people can go and have a good opportunity to see the wolves. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I went snowmobiling, um, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan last year and we were riding just before, um, sunset there at dark, heading back to the cabin. And I think we probably saw about four or five, just cut across the field, probably 60 yards in front of us on the sleds. And I'm just like, this is just crazy. I mean, we're 60 yards from these big animals on a sled and they can easily catch up to us. It's not like we're going a hundred miles an hour, but uh, it's just, it's just crazy to see that how it's, you don't know how many are actually out there. Yeah. I guess what's the crazy part. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin's a, an interesting place. I mean, some people know about it from the hunting standpoint, but the amount that it has to offer just the varying landscapes. And then obviously you get up into upper Michigan, which I wish was upper Wisconsin instead of upper Michigan, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's gorgeous up there. You can see all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and the amount of, I think we probably have most of the big game species that they do in a lot of the Western States. 
minus Grizzlies. You know, we've got yeah. bear, mountain lion, wolves. We've got a recovering elk population. There's moose. I think there was an article when I was in high school of a moose showing up in, like, Elk Mound. And I was like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. somebody saw that. But it's funny because when you're in a state where people aren't used to seeing elk, you have yeah. issues like we did this year. Opening weekend, <laughs> yeah. some dude shoots a bull elk during whitetail season. Yeah. And he's on. he was on social media kind of bragging about it and this guy literally has a like a six by six open trailer and he's hauling this thing down the interstate <laughs> and it's a huge bull moose it's like how do you mistake that oh it for, was a bull you know, moose? average white so, or no sorry a bull. oh elk. i was gonna say Is i thought I, I thought maybe there was another guy that shot a bull moose because i was like I, i'm pretty no. sure there was an elk <laughs> but yeah he got like called in by dozens of people because he's driving down the highway with a yeah. dead bull elk in his trailer yeah, there was a, I went on the Wisconsin route report that day and all I see were probably four or five pictures in a row of this guy driving down the interstate with an elk in the back of his bed of his <laughs> truck. I'm just like, how? It blows my mind what people will do. I mean, even just shooting at anything that moves. Like yeah. I've heard so many stories of misidentifying an animal or not even really taking the time. They just see brown maybe through the brush. They mm -hmm. think it's an animal. And there's people that get shot. There's pets that get shot. Obviously, there's other wildlife that get shot. Mistakenly. A lot of cows. So, yeah, that's what I've always stayed away from public <laughs> land during rifle season. Yep. It just scares the crap out of me. Or, like, down here, I don't see a lot of people get fully decked out in orange. You know, it'll typically be an orange vest or something like that. But I remember growing sure. up in Wisconsin, like we had orange gloves, orange hats, orange tops, bottoms, or like oh, yeah. one-piece jumpsuits that were blaze orange. Like you didn't want anything that could even be mistaken <laughs> for a moving animal yep. when you're out there hunting. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I mean, like where we are, we're kind of compact. I got three. I got two people, including myself, kind of hunting the one point. And uh, it's kind of funny because... I'm only, I, I got a bunch more uh, gear for bow than I do gun right now. So I kind of been more into that. So I went down to the cabin, you know, like, kind of like you said, like my grandpa, he's so old school. He's got, he's got his orange hat, orange gloves. He's got his big orange jacket. He still has um, like the ID tag, mm -hmm. you know, yep. like that you used to have to put on the back of your, with um, jacket the, like, seven inch long safety pin that clips to your jacket yeah <laughs> yeah you know, oh yeah he still has that on the back of his like he's never taken it off so i mean it's pretty cool to see but i mean it's just totally different compared to um like public you yeah. know man i miss i miss the days before all the electronic stuff i i used to love yeah. going and buying a hard copy <laughs> of my license like throwing it in my mm -hmm. back tag. It stayed in there all season long. You walk around and, you know, they've got the neon green or yellow, whatever you see when you look at it. Numbers yeah. across the back and it's just like, all right, I'm yeah. officially hunting now. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the more they do away with that stuff, the social side of it kind of goes with it. You know, standing in line even at the gas station and you might be 15 yeah. people. You don't really feel wrong. a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely feel more removed oh, yeah. now. You don't really feel a part of anything. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, we used to go down to the um, bar and just hang out and wait for people to show up. And now we don't even leave the cabin. And all you really know if a neighbor shot one, you know, you see pictures on Facebook or whatever. I mean, that's kind of you don't really get that interaction anymore like you used to, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I would love to own a small like business up there and just start almost like a deer festival on opening weekend where people could come, you know, you could come and grill or smoke some meats, be passing out food awesome. and everybody could be checking deer. I mean, not checking deer in, but like entering them into a drawing or yeah. like, Hey, if you stop by with a deer, you get 10% <clears throat> off your meal for the day or something like that. Yeah. yeah bring, I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. Bring that whole social aspect of it back. And I mean, I get it. There's, there's a lot of hunting groups that will go to the same restaurant every year. And so they might bump yep. into each other, but once they did away with check stations, it seemed like it changed a lot. Yeah. You don't really see many people. Um, 
usually that last weekend, um, I bring, I have a few of my buddies that come down and we hang out and we'll, we'll all sit that whole last weekend of gone. And we went out Saturday night. Uh, we went down to a bar and it was kind of cool to see because I brought them down to a different bar that most it's more popular in Alma. And, uh, we would go and we showed up in this place was just packed. It was so cool to see everyone was wearing their orange and all my buddies were kind of like, what's going on? I'm like, this is just typical in Wisconsin, you know, cause they're used to hunting up North in Wisconsin. So it's a little different. Yep. And, uh, we pulled up and there's three trucks lined up and they all had these really nice mature bucks in the back of their truck and they're all inside hanging out. And so we went in there and, so then my buddy kind of starts talking to them. And so we went outside and they kind of started showing us, telling us stories about them. And there's this beautiful, like 12 pointer, just huge. And he was kind of telling us the story about him. And we're just like, Oh man, I was like, I missed this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, it, it's such a part of the culture up there that I remember even in high school, like different sporting events, whether it was a big game here or there, they would have like blaze orange nights where everybody would oh, yeah. just deck out in blaze orange. And I'm like, you couldn't yeah. do that in most States, but there are so many hunters there that like every household, if not every other has some type of orange. And so the kids can all show up to the football game or the hockey game or whatever <laughs> it is decked out. In yeah. Orange. Yeah. I actually went to uh Memorial played North in basketball last night. So I went to that. I was oh, at nice. uh, Memorial. I was at the old, your old stomping grounds. That was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, you see that a lot. It's, like, very frequent in Wisconsin, I would say. I mean, there's probably that whole week, no matter what sporting event it is, everyone's decked out in blaze orange. So it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe – it's funny because when when you reached out to me the first time, I looked you up, and I'm like, wait a minute, we've got, like, mutual friends up there, and most people do because <laughs> Wisconsin, no matter where you are, it's not really that big. Like – there's only a right. few places that feel like a big city, but mm -hmm. Eau Claire is not one of those places. Um, <laughs> no. And so it was definitely cool to get in touch with you. And then you invited me out and to see all the deer up on the wall at the cabin uh, to just talk about the stories and hear about what you grew up with. Cause we were on the mm -hmm. flip side, like we didn't have <clears throat> land of our own, but somebody let us use or let us hunt yep. on their land. But we still have, I mean, I don't even know what it is at this point. I know we just talked about it probably like 30 plus years on this one property. And so like getting to okay. know it, but we haven't really done any management for, for deer. And so it's cool yep. to hear about you and what you guys have been able to do on your family land. Um, and obviously the amount of stories that come from that. What did, what did this year look like for you guys? Did you have success down there? Yeah, we, um, on opening morning, uh, my cousin shot a nice nine. Um, so we pulled that out. Um, I kind of got taken away from the neighbor. Neighbor took my buck that I was after for two years. So that oh, kind of, that kind of sucked, kind of saw the whole thing unravel. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. You can't really, you know, do anything about it. Sorry, my dog is jumping on me. Um, so, um, so that kind of happened. And then, um, uh, Sunday, we all got back to the cabin and we always watch the Packer game back at the cabin. We'll make some, make some food and we'll all of us guys will sit back and watch the game. And we're all debating on if we should go out or not because it was like 35 mile an hour winds that day. It's pretty windy and none of us really wanted to go sit. And my cousin, my other cousin went out actually that night and he shot a big, a big 13 pointer. Jeez. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. He hasn't, I don't think he scored it, but I mean, it, it's up there. Like it's a big, it's a big buck. Dang. I, yeah. and that's the same one that shot that moose probably a week ago before that. I'm just like, wow, that'd be a great back to back weeks of hunting. Yeah. No kidding. The, the fact that you guys can see just free range, like Boone and Crockett deer mm -hmm. randomly walking through. I feel like every year Buffalo County has stories of, freaked like freak whitetail bucks that show up you know nobody's ever seen it or they got one picture of it two years ago and then all of a sudden it slips up and makes a mistake but there's so much hunting pressure in wisconsin mm -hmm. that like once you get six hundred thousand people 
all out in the woods shooting at deer, you're going to start shaking stuff up that maybe hasn't moved or being seen, been seen by humans for the last nine months. Oh yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of, we do a lot of drives on Sundays. That's kind of like our, we have like a little system that we do probably every year. It's kind of like the same ordeal. I mean, we'll sit from dark to dark all day, Saturday, and then Sunday we'll sit till about 10 o'clock and then uh, we'll go push three to four different properties that we own down there. And it's just pretty cool to see because, you know, you had a guy sitting there all day Saturday and you don't see something. And all of a sudden this decent buck just runs straight across the field and everyone's just unloading at it. <laughs> and it gets pretty scary at sometimes. But um, uh, actually my first year of hunting when I was probably in sixth grade, I was, uh, I didn't carry a gun or anything, but my grandpa used me as a pusher. Yep. So I'm, you know, just this little guy pushing through the woods and there's a huge buck bedded down. He's one of the bucks that we have on our wall. And, uh, I started pushing it out and I was like, Oh, this is like, I see, I pushed it out. So I kind of chased after it and I shouldn't have, and I get up to the Ridge and it splits between like three of our guys and then no one's shooting. <laughs> and then I get to the top of the Ridge and then it's, passes everybody and there's probably like six seven gunshots just non-stop at this big buck Gosh. and then we finally got it down and there was probably three or four bullet holes in that buck so nobody knew you know who shot it first so there was that old controversy so Dang. we just decided to hang so we hung it up at the wall <laughs> that was kind of one of the stories of it where everyone got a piece of that one so Deer drives are, are crazy up there. I mean, we hear neighbors do it. We don't drive a whole lot. I think in all the years that I've been up there, it's only been a couple times that I've been on an actual deer drive. Um, and it's only on years that are, are wet. You know, if they can't get the corn up, mm -hmm. we'll just go push the corn out because the deer aren't in the woods yet. They're still hanging out in the corn while it's standing. But I've heard the drives going on on the neighboring properties, you know, you just hear maybe a quarter mile away and you can like track where the deer is based on the gunshots yeah. and you'll just hear like five gunshots, then three, then you'll hear another seven. And then it, the deer's just booking it across the field. <laughs> and I'm like, it's such a weird way to hunt in my opinion. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I watched a meat eater episode recently where they do a drive, but it's all in woods I think where you get into the crazy, like just unloading nonstop on deer is when you're pushing woods or corn out mm -hmm. to an open field. And oh, the yeah. way that I watched them do it is they were just pushing woods and the deer would just continue to move ahead of them in the woods. And so they might run for a little bit, but then they slow down and start walking again. And then you get shots at them. But oh, yeah. my dad would share stories about unloading a 12 gauge, like no scope just trying to shoot a deer moving at 175 yards. Yep. And I'm like, gosh, I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine that. Just like sending out prayers one after the next. Yeah. That's usually how it goes at our farm. It's uh, we have these really steep bluffs that we're pushing. And so we'd have two, three guys in the woods at all times, pushing to guys that are in tree stands. Yep. And then we have three or four walkers on each side of the food plots. And it's just crazy. All you hear is someone yell, and the next thing you know, you hear somebody unload three shots, and it just comes out of nowhere. And then they'll yell, yep, you know, we got them, or you know, you got away. And then two seconds later, you hear two more gunshots go off. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that sounds a little, little Western for the way I like to hunt. <laughs> Do you – I mean, it, it seems wild to me that any big bucks can survive year to year in Wisconsin, just with how much pressure there is. But um, obviously you guys have some that grow huge down there. Do you have any right now that you're, that you're kind of tracking or that you have history with? Yeah. So um, I do know there's a, my grandpa was after a 10 pointer that he's a young one. He's probably two years old right now, but I mean, he's tall. Uh, he, my grandpa said his G2s are, you know, probably nine, 10 inches tall. It's a, it's a really nice young buck that he didn't see him at all um, this year. And then there's another nine pointer that we were after this fall on the other property that uh, my grandpa saw 
and he had an opportunity to shoot it and his eyes aren't very good. So uh, he kind of, he was like, oh, I'll wait for the next, you know, shooting lane to open and he never came. He snuck down to the ditch and he never saw him again. Dang. So he said he was pretty upset about that. But uh, yeah, there's two really nice ones that we have. Otherwise there's, a, you know, a lot of nub bucks right now, like six pointers running around that are, you know, next year might be a different story with those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. down there they grow so fast and to see even like two-year-olds there in comparison to two-year-olds in the north woods of wisconsin or a three-year-old what it looks like in central wisconsin versus down here in missouri like there's almost no comparison it seems like genet genetically they're a year ahead or i guess like antler size body size it seems like they're a year ahead of everything down here yeah um, but Man, that's awesome. I, I'm super pumped to come up there next year. I know this year I got a buck and a doe before I ever even came down to hang out with you, but maybe next yep. year I'll come out and actually try to squeeze the trigger. Yeah, man, that'd be fun. We, uh, we're all, like, my family, we're based off uh, tradition. So, I mean, like, we've had the same group of guys um, hunting that same property and the same stands for years, like before I was even born. And my grandpa has two of his best buddies that have been pretty much part of the family since I was born. So growing up with them, that was always fun to hear their stories. But like tradition's kind of wearing off. I'm the I'm the youngest guy there. And then the next oldest guy is my dad, you know, at almost 50. So, I mean, it's kind of wearing off. They can't get down into the bluffs as much as they can. So my grandpa was kind of starting to realize that, which kind of sucks. Uh, we had one guy wasn't able to make it he was in the hospital with the stroke so that was his Man. first year he missed the gun gun season ever so i mean um that was kind of tough for him my grandpa especially but um just to see it kind of you know wearing off um, they would always tell stories how they were out till the crack of dawn you know drinking and telling stories and then i get down there and you know bedtime's eight o'clock for those guys and then i'm sitting there just watching tv by myself <laughs> but, but uh my grandpa's kind of let me do a little more and more here and there. So um, I take off that whole nine days. And after that Sunday, that whole property is just, you know, myself. And then, uh, so I got a lot of acres to cover with just one guy, which is pretty cool. But uh been starting to get a few of my buddies down there. Um, they'll come and hunt, you know, three, four days. And I got other buddies that I ask, Hey, can I come sit? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's open arms down there for me. I don't, I'm not one to say, no, you can't come hunt with me. Cause I mean, it's just me down there. So, yeah. What, um, what does management look like down there for you in terms of like crops and stuff? Are you doing any of that yet? Or is the outfitter covering most of that? Um, I actually reached out to him. Um, I'm going to help him out this summer quite a bit, but, uh, he usually mixes it up here and there. Okay. Um, this year was a lot of corn and beans. That we did we kind of stick to that but um he's got some alpha alpha patches and different turnips and stuff too so we mix it up on different spots every year it just depends on what gets hit the most yeah what do you do you have turnips out at all this year um for like late season yep nice yep those are out those are you know they're they're pretty big right now which is good because <clears throat> my grandpa went and sat muzzle loader down there and he saw a few few smaller bucks and a few doe, but he never pulled the trigger. So we'll, we'll have a few more clients here for late bow season. So we'll see if they can't, you know, take one or two. Yeah. Did you, um, well, you said you guys just got like 13 inches of snow the other day. What, yep. what is, how does that affect the deer movement? I mean, do you see a lot of deer activity even in deep snow or do you see them kind of hunker down in, uh, low wetlands where there's a lot of cover like i've seen deer herds like huge deer herds in the deep winter um and not as much out in open fields but i'm curious what that's like where you're at yeah they uh <clears throat> usually when it snows pretty bad down there they usually stay in the woods they don't really come out much and i mean it's kind of cool just to see though because they're still moving in the woods but they'll try and find feed inside instead of coming out to the food plots Yep. because the train down there it's kind of 
it's a lot harder for them to move around, especially with the snow we just got, you know. So they're kind of laying low in there and feeding off what they can find in there. But um, a couple years ago, we saw quite a bit of deer movement when we got that heaping pile of snow. I think we got, we set a record that one winter for snow. I can't remember what it was, but it started during um, gun season. And we sat and we're sitting in a snowstorm and deer are still moving. You just got to be, you know, in the right place. Yep. How about um, shed hunting? Do you guys, do you guys get out and shed hunt in the spring there? Oh yeah. Yep. We, uh, we actually just got a puppy um, a few months ago. So she's going to be going to school here in June for blood tracking and shed hunting. So that'll be, that'll be really fun. Yeah. But my wife and I will go, we'll go walk around see if we can find something. But once we get her trained, I think we'll do it a lot more because it'll be more fun to do with the dog, something to get her outside and running around. So, yeah, there's something about watching a dog work. I've been saying this for a long time, and I want a dog so bad. What what kind of dog did you get? Uh, we have a red fox lab. Nice. Yep, so they're a darker red color. Yep. I mean, they're pretty unique. So, I mean, we got pretty lucky. She's a good dog so far. So, We had, we had a red lab um, growing up, and it was just totally fluke. This was before people really realize how rare they were because i mean even even just like breeding black yellow and chocolate labs you can end up with a silver lab or a red lab and i think if i remember right we got this dog because the breeder was like nobody's gonna want this thing it's red and uh, we had it its name was rusty we didn't do anything with it as far as like (laughs) hunting goes i remember it was on a chain in our yard like all growing up um Mm -hmm. I mean, when we weren't there, but it would run around and play with us. And some, I think that was my first dog. The first pictures I've ever got with a, a dog was Rusty, the red lab. <laughs> but that's cool, yeah, man. That's awesome. I like all the, I like the different organizations that are starting to do like multi-use dogs where you can train them for blood tracking and waterfowl hunting and shed hunting and all these different things instead of just having like, Hey, this is my shed dog. That's all it does. Right. Yeah. The place we found it, that does, it does do, um, multi different sports you can train it for. Um, but I mean, like I said, I haven't been waterfall hunting yet. Um, but I mean, uh, we're really into whitetail up here. So, I mean, that's all we do up here is whitetail hunt. So to have her blood track, um, it's kind of funny. I mean, we got her like three or four months ago and, uh, she was just a puppy and my buddies are texting me and you know they're like like hey we just shot a bow um uh we need we need a blood tracking dog and they're like asking me if my dog could come out and blood track i'm like she's two months old and she hasn't started you know i mean it's the amount of the amount of people that have reached out just to see if she would try it um you know it's it's kind of crazy but i mean you go on there's like lists at bars up here with, you know, dog hunting or blood tracking dogs. Yeah. You know, you can call them at any time. And so, I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool. Be a fun uh, side hobby to do with the dog is to get out and, you know, see if she can find a few, few deer here and there. See, sometimes I get disappointed when I shoot a deer and I don't have to blood trail it. Like I yeah. obviously like knowing it's down right away. Then there's no like, Oh my gosh, I hope I made a good shot, this or that. But I just remember always blood tracking in Wisconsin. Like even if you shoot a deer and it's a perfect shot, if it doesn't drop right away, the odds of you watching it until it goes down are pretty slim. I mean, I shot one at 20 yards this year, and I didn't see where it died. I could hear it, but there's something about getting on the trail and just head down like, oh, here, I got blood. I got blood here. Oh, there's more right there. And the people who get into blood tracking with dogs, it seems like they are so into it. I mean, it turns into their passion above the hunt, you know, watching their dog work. And like you said, putting their name up on a board, hey, anytime you need help tracking, give me a call. Uh, I feel like you're going to have to be that guy at some point and 
get to practice out there with your new pup. And I, I feel like it'll be very rewarding once your dog starts recovering deer for people. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been pretty cool. I've talked to a few people that have sent their dogs up there and half of these guys, they don't even get out hunting, bow hunting as much as they would like to anymore because they're getting phone calls, you know, every night. Like, Hey, you want to come out? Um, I just shot this and he's like, he, you know, he'd ask every question down to the, you know, the release. And, um, it's pretty cool. One of my, one of my, uh, best friends, him and his two brothers, they all shot really nice bucks on the same day. And, uh, only one of them could find it. Yeah. It's, and it's, they all put really nice shots on, they said, and they had one dog out there that they tracked for over 900 yards the lady had her dog track and then the dog finally lost it so i mean even with a dog tracking over 900 yards is still not a i mean it's not a guarantee but she's my buddy called my buddy called me he's like it was probably one of the coolest things to see that dog's nose in the ground the entire time yep i i've been on i think two different track jobs with a dog and both of them were before I ever even would have thought about having a dog for tracking. I think they were both in Wisconsin. One was actually down by your family property. I went out with this guy and then we went out and sat at the edge of this cornfield. We just sat on the ground in the corn, made a little blind, like cross hatched the corn stalks uh, on the last row. We had a small buck come through. He didn't shoot at it. But then I think one of his brothers or cousins shot one. And they just let their like farm dog go, and oh really? It, it, it wasn't trained, nothing. But I think they've just been like using it for years, and it'll go and find the deer. And he's like, I mean, it was like off leash, just let it run, and then they just tried to follow it, and it went straight to this deer. And I was like, that's crazy. Oh. And then another one, um, a friend of a friend shot a deer, and I was hanging out with my buddy Tim, and we went to find or we went to help. And they're like, does anybody have a dog? And someone had like a border collie and they're like, just bring it out. doesn't matter if it's trained or not. Like just get it out there and see what happens. And it could have been luck or it could have just been the natural instinct, but she ran, it was probably only a hundred yards, 120, maybe straight to it. I was like, that is so wow. nuts. Like that'd be fun to have a totally off, like an off, uh, not species off breed of dog that nobody would expect mm-hmm. and like get it out there, right. let it go find a deer. Yeah. If they have the nose for it, that you'd be surprised at what they could find. Oh yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Uh, how long, how long is the schooling for your dog? Uh, they say it all depends on how the dog reacts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, typically they say it's up to three months. Okay. But they'll say, you know, if she's learning a lot faster, you know, it could be a one and a half to two. It all depends on how the dog reacts to the training, basically. Nice. Yeah, yep. that's cool, man. I can't wait to see it. You gotta you gotta <laughs> send me some videos once you get her back and, and see how the oh, yeah. see how she does. And then especially for uh what you said in June you're dropping dropping her off, right? Yep. Okay. So she won't quite be ready for this, uh, this upcoming, this upcoming shed season, but next year, hopefully when I'm up there, uh, she gets on a couple right. track trap. Jo- yeah. Gosh, I can't it'll talk be, track jobs. <laughs> it'll be awesome. Cause she'll be ready for, um, bow season. It, she'll come home just before the start of bow season. Well, so I'll, I'll probably set out a, a few fake track jobs in my backyard in the woods here and see, get her ready for it. And hopefully we'll get a few phone calls here early bow season to see if she can actually find one. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Do you, uh, do you guys run trail cameras out there or does the outfitter or? Yeah. Yeah. He has his own and then I kind of put my own. Um, I have like three or four down South in Buffalo and then I got, um, three up until then here. Okay, cool. So do you leave, do you leave those out all year long or do you just put them out like summer through hunting season yeah so usually i'll put them out i think i put them out um end of july i put them out this year okay and uh i'll probably take them down here in the next week or two 
Nice. So I don't like to run them all winter, but that's just me. Yeah, it, it does some wear and tear, especially up in those climates. Down here, luckily, the winters are usually mild enough to where like it won't completely destroy a camera. But I know last year we got down into the, I think we had a couple days that were like negative 20 or something like that. I mean, there was yep. like, there was like cow die off. I found, gosh, man, my numbers are getting all mixed up now. I think I found three or four dead cows and two dead calves all on the same day. Wow. And there was a ton of farmers that lost cows because, you know, they're not used to getting down into the negative double digits. And then all of a sudden it did here and it was bad. But um, I'm sure. Yeah, I like to I like to run cameras all year long. I'm like one of those crazy guys, but I think it could just be that I like going out and being in the woods all year long. And so it gives right. me an excuse to go out there every week to check them. And yeah. You, see how things are usually going. in the winters. Usually in the winters, I'm usually gone every weekend on my snowmobile anyways. Yep. So I don't really have time to <laughs> go check his cameras as much as I want. But uh, last year it was kind of crazy. We had, I got those new Tacticams, the cellular ones. Yep. I put a few of those. I put a few of those out, and uh, all of a sudden I went to go check it, and it was just gone. I didn't know where it was, and I was like, "Oh, somebody probably came on the property and took it," you know, yeah. type deal. And I was looking at my phone, and all there, all there was was a big black picture. I didn't know what it was, and found it 30, 35 yards into the woods probably the next day. And there's just bite marks and claw oh, marks. So gosh. I'm thinking it was one of those really nice brand new tax cams. And then I'm assuming it was a bear just destroyed it and it had it not even a month. Dang. Yeah. You're going to have to, so find that was some, tough. you're going to have to find some, uh, or get a couple of those bear boxes mm-hmm. to put them in. I, I wish I would have had some of those boxes. We haven't had any bears on the property where I'm at, but I moved my trail cameras around right before turkey season because I like to figure out exactly like right where they're coming out of the woods or pitching down into the fields. And um, I put three, no, I put four cameras out in cattle pastures on like a, a single cedar tree or an oak tree or a fence line. And those freaking cows, man, they destroyed the cameras. Mm-hmm. Like I got pictures and I pick, I get out there and I'm like, it's not on the tree. What the heck? Well, it's sitting right underneath the tree, just smashed. And I was like, hopefully I at least get one round of pictures out of it, you know? So I pull the card. Yeah. Sure enough, I could see where the turkeys were coming out. And then like less than 48 hours after I put it out, I just have this cow like peeking under the cedar branch and then it comes right up to it. The next thing you see is it facing up and the cow's just like on top of it looking down and then it just gets smashed from there. I'm like, dang yeah. it. I need to get something better because I, I never thought I'd have to worry about <clears throat> bears or anything, but it didn't even occur to me that cows, they're so freaking curious that they'll come in oh, and yeah. just smash everything up. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy what, uh, everyone's like, oh, they're, they're kind of a dumb animal, but when you're around them all the time, it's like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, dude, I appreciate you hopping on. Um, we're coming up on an hour now. Um, I'm excited though, man. I'm excited for you. The fact that you're getting into hunting, uh, just, or you have over the past couple of years, hearing the success, hearing everything you're learning and then getting a dog for tracking and, uh, shed hunting. That's, that's super awesome. And so I'm pumped to come back up there, especially in the summer. Uh, when I come up, I'll hit you up and we'll have to get out and do some prep work and take a look at your property a little bit more in the off season. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, a few more shooting lanes that my grandpa wants to put in. So that's probably where I'll be spending a lot of my summers down there for him. So yeah, it'll be pretty fun. Well, I'm, I'm open to giving you a hand anytime you need. So just hit me oh, up. Oh, for sure. Um, before we hop off, though, I want to give you a chance to share where people can find you or find out more about you. Uh, so social media platforms, YouTube, anything you have. Um, not really. I mean, we just kind of have um, obviously the Instagram is just Whites Josh forty two. Uh, we don't. I don't really post a whole lot on there as much. Um, a few of my bow bow bucks are on there, but uh, mostly it's just my dog. So. 
nothing too crazy. <laughs> nice. Well, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you hopping on and uh, let's stay in touch. Will do. And that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I had a great time chatting with Josh and I look forward to getting up uh, to Buffalo County again and checking out his family's property. Uh, I didn't mention that in the podcast. I haven't actually seen it in person during daylight. I was up there hanging out with him and his buddy, but it was already night. I think I got up there at like 11 p.m. or something. And so hopefully this spring we can go shed hunting. I can get boots on the ground and actually see what all the land has to offer up there. Um, I also want to make you aware of something. If you don't want to go back and listen to the beginning of this of this podcast just to find out what website to go to, you can go click the link in my bio both on TikTok and Instagram as well as the link in the description of this specific episode. So please go and do that and help Hunter in that way. As well, if you haven't left a review and a rating, that helps me out. It helps the show get out to more listeners. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of cool stuff to come, a few big announcements that will be coming out here towards the end of the year. So look forward to that. And until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.